Uh, we're going to read a psalm that you probably don't read too often. Uh, this uh, series on, on the psalms is going to carry us through all sorts of, of our emotions, and, as we'll talk about. And we're not going to read all of Psalm uh, 69, but we are going to read uh, some portions of it that, um, well, you know, you're going to wonder, gosh, can we say this stuff in church? Well, uh, the psalm says yes. So let's read Psalm 69, starting with verse 16. This is from the New Revised Standard Version. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to me. Redeem my life. Set me free because of my enemies. You know the insults I receive and my shame and dishonor. My foes are all known to you. Insults have broken my heart, so I am in despair. I look for pity, but there is none, and for comforters, but I have found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table be a trap for them, a snare for their allies. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one live in their tents, for they persecute those whom you have struck down, and those whom you have wounded, they attack still more. Add to the guilt. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them be enrolled among, let them not be enrolled among the righteous. But I am lonely and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, protect me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, the, the series on the Psalms in some ways could be entitled Honest to God. Because the Psalms give us permission to be totally honest with God. You know, we love to hear the Psalms that we sing praise to God and we, you know, give thanks to God. And there's lots of Psalms that, that do that, that enable us to worship God. There's Psalms that express our sadness and, and, and our lament. But anger? Can we actually say those things to God? Can we actually be angry at people through God? And angry even at God? Well, the Psalms seem to give us permission to do that. And this is a Psalm of our age because we live in an angry time. Can any of you all relate to what one little boy said? said, Mama, how come there are only stupid idiots on the road when Daddy's driving? You, you know? Can, can any of you all relate to that? Yeah, yeah, no. You want to bring out somebody's true self, watch them when they're driving, right? Yeah, we live in a, an age of anger. And sometimes we're angry at the stuff around us, and sometimes we're angry at individuals. And the psalm gives us permission to express those things. Has anyone ever wronged you? Has anyone ever harmed you? Has anyone ever done anything unfair to you? You've been so angry about it? I recall... When I moved to a certain place at a certain time, I won't say where to protect the guilty. But I went to this place, and before I even got there, a person on the staff was spreading malicious rumors about me, telling stuff that was totally untrue. 
true. It poisoned the well before I had even arrived. And, and when I got there, I had to do a lot of work, extra work, to try to overcome what this person had said. And I remember a few years after I got there, someone came to me and said, you know, what I heard about you before you arrived was totally untrue. I apologize for what I was thinking. I almost didn't give you a chance. And the worst thing was about this, I had to see this person about every day because I was working with that person. Oh boy, I had heard about what she had done and I was angry. I seethed with inside me because there's been a well that had been poisoned. Relationships that I hadn't even had a chance to establish were already difficult. Boy, was I mad. Mm. Ever been there? Ever had somebody that had done you wrong and you were upset with them, angry at them because you've been treated so unfairly by them? Ever been there? Well, this psalm is for you. Psalm 69, we see, is a psalm of David. If you look there at the top of the psalm, it says, of David. And, and if it is of David, then there are a couple times in his life when the psalm may have been written. Could have been before he was king, when he was pursued by King Saul. You might remember that, that story where Saul chased him out into the wilderness, and he was having to hide in a cave and, and be out there in the wilderness. And, and it, that could have been a time when, when David was angry at this unjust persecution by the king. Or it could have been this time later on in David's life, well in years, when David had been king for a while and his son Absalom led a revolt and David was forced to flee the city. You might re remember who Absalom was. He, he was David's third son, but he was, you know, his prized son. He was a son that was more handsome than anyone else that the Bible tells us. He was someone who's very popular. Everyone came to him. He was attracted, attractive to so many people. And when he murdered his older brother, Amon, because of what Amon had done to Absalom's sister, he had to, Absalom had to flee away for several years. But David finally welcomed him back. And after he welcomed him back, Absalom started to plot and to plan and to, to work to undermine the, the, the kingship of his dad. And finally, open revolt happened. And David and his allies had to flee Jerusalem, go out into the wilderness. While Absalom had his way with, with the kingdom and with the city and with, with, with David's wives. David, maybe as he's there in the wilderness praying curses to Athaval, the Gideonite, who he says, may his, may his treachery be revealed. Maybe David is praying this prayer and saying these thoughts in his heart. And it makes sense, wouldn't it, that David, who had a heart of, as God's own heart, the Bible tells us, that he could be honest with God in his emotions about what was going on in his life and the, and the abuse that he was enduring. Because David, you see, was close to God, and he could share what was on his heart. May their eyes be darkened. May their table be a snare to them. May their loins tremble continually. Now that's a curse, y'all, you know? 
Can you imagine having that as a responsive reading in the hymnal? Yet may their eyes be darkened, may their table be a snare, may their loins tremble continually. My gosh, what an awful thought. Now some translations will try to clean that up. The NIV says, and that's what's in your prayer journal, may their back be bent. But that's not what the Hebrew says. What an awful curse. What's that doing in the Bible? What's that doing in our sacred scripture? It's revealing the heart of someone who has been wronged. Someone who has been hurt. Can you relate? You ever been angry? Ever been angry? What do we do with that anger? You know, anger, if we don't deal with it, can literally kill us. It can literally kill us if we, if we don't deal with our anger in the way that we should. There was a study done at a hospital in Coral Gables, Florida, where they took some men who had coronary heart disease and they compared uh, how they handled stress and anger to, to other men about the same age who didn't have, have heart disease. And so they put them through a battery test. Of course, they did the normal stress test where, you know, they rode the treadmill for a while and they had all, all the electrocardiogram and x-ray machines, everything like that on them. So determine the blood flow. But then they also started to run some tests that would add to the stress. They, they made them do some hard math problems in their head. They made them take time to defend themselves against a false charge of perjury and, and, and shoplifting, just to pretending like that they've been caught and what it would be like to have to defend themselves. And then they had them imagine a time when they had been angry at somebody to bring up those emotions again and the meters went off the chart the doctors found that the blood flow was decreased in all the patients when they were angry they realized that anger raises the blood pressure and can cause stroke it, it causes us to not be able to breathe well it also lowers our immunity and causes heart attacks. Anger improperly managed can literally kill us. Literally kill us. So we have to ask ourselves, at, at whom are we angry? At, at whom are we angry? Uh, there are groups of people we get angry at, right? I mean, we... we can imagine what it was like in, in, in the early days of World War II and, and we were here in, in this country and we'd heard about the, the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor and, and, and if you were of Japanese descent in the country at that time, you felt the wrath of the people of our nation. And that lasted for generations. I remember at a church I served, a fellow said, I want to donate a new piano to the church. And of course, the music director went and found the, the best piano at the price that we could afford, the, the, the money the man donated, and he got a Yamaha. Well, the problem was this guy was an old retired Army veteran from World War II. And he was angry, still yet, that we would support those people 50-some years ago, that had bombed our nation. I mean, he held on to that anger. Most of us that were alive during 9-11, we remember that anger we felt to all Arab and Muslim nations. Yeah, yeah, I did anyway. Uh, maybe I see some of y'all shaking your heads. You're, you know, the rest of y'all didn't, weren't mad. You're all nice and pure. I'm glad of that. But, you know, I was angry. I was really angry, you know. 
And I thought some thoughts and said some things I, you know, I ain't too proud of. And of course, many people right now are furious with Vladimir Putin and the Russians. You might be echoing the prayer that I've been saying, Lord, either change his heart or stop it. Y'all, y'all, y'all are there, you know? Yeah, we, we, we are angry at sometimes at groups of people, some folks that we disagree with uh, politically or, uh, or social economic class or way they dress or how they behave. Yeah, we, we have anger that way at, at, at groups of people, don't we? And also, like me with that, that lady I was talking about, we have anger at specific individuals, don't we? Specific individuals. And we hold on to that anger. Like for the longest time, I stayed angry and had some issues dealing with someone that abused me at school. You know, someone picked on me. And unfortunately, you know, when you're in school in the hometown, you know, you, you stay with that person for a while, right? As you go from grade to grade. Yeah, that, that anger lasted a while. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? There's a story from the time period of the Civil War that Edwin Stanton uh, Lincoln's Secretary of War, uh, had a disagreement with one of the officers in the Union Army. That This officer had accused him unjustly of favoritism and that he was doing things uh, out of the chain of command. And Stanton was furious about it. He went to see President Lincoln, and Lincoln said, write him a letter. And he said, that's a great idea. So Stanton wrote, writes this letter, and it goes on for page after page at how mad he is and, and how unjustly he feels this guy's treating him. And he takes the... To, the letter to Lincoln. And Lincoln said, oh, that's a good letter. I mean, you really expressed yourself. What are you going to do with it? Well, mail it. Lincoln said, don't mail that letter. Put it in the stove and burn it. Because that letter is written out of anger is not your best self. Write another one. What Lincoln is saying is that Stanton had a chance to blow off some steam. And was able then to respond and his better self, not his angry self. And maybe that's what this psalm is doing for David and for us, is that it enables us to maybe blow off a little steam. To sh- instead of directing our anger and our bitterness at the person, the individual, the groups of people, enables us to direct it towards God. Maybe. But what if our anger... And our bitterness isn't towards an individual or groups of people. What if it's about life itself? When life seems so unfair, when, when life seems to be something that, you know, instead of a blessing, it's a curse. When things begin to happen to us that are out of our control and we begin to grow angry and, and, and see that life seems like it is it's not worth living anymore. It seems so unfair, God. And maybe we have trouble in our prayer life because our anger is directed towards God because we blame God for things that are going on. Cancer that we may be enduring, a sickness that our child is having, or seeing that other people seem to be thriving in life and we seem to be striving all the time even though we're working hard and seem to be doing everything right. Maybe our anger is addressed to God. And things seem so unfair. And things seem so hard. And the platitudes that are offered to us make us even angrier. 
oh, it's God's will that you are going through this right now. It will make you a better person. Everything happens for a reason. Hmm. I've heard those things. And they make you angry. You see, I've been with you a year, so I can be as real as I can be with you. I was angry, sometimes still in, at God after our son's accident. You know, of course I was sad, obviously, for what happened. But I was also angry. Angry at him for his carelessness. Angry at all who, uh, who enabled him to be in that situation late at night. But I was angry at God for letting it happen. And also for creating a world which... Well, asking the question that can't be answered, why do bad things happen? I was angry. And I let God have it. (laughs) You know, and that's okay. Because God has heard curses in every language known to man throughout history. I let God have it. For letting something happen to someone I love so much and bringing such deep hurt into my life, my wife's life, our daughter's life, so many people's lives. I was angry. So is it a sin to be angry at others? Angry at God? We read in the fourth chapter of Genesis the story of Cain and Abel. Y- y'all might remember that story. And, and Cain is furious and jealous at Abel, but also he's fierce at God because God doesn't accept his perfectly good gift in his mind of his first fruits while, while he, he, he accepts Abel's gift of a lamb. He's furious about that. And God says to Cain, it's okay to be angry, but you must master it. Don't give in to it. Be angry, but do not sin. Be angry. But do not sin. The sin for me would have been to give up on the relationship, right? To give up on a belief and a caring and loving God. To just chuck it all away and say, if that's the way God is, that he treats his servants and forget this, I'm going to be an agnostic. Or I'm just going to step away from it all. I think I'm too smart to not to be an atheist, but I won't get into that. Because something had to make all this stuff. But a caring and loving God? Hmm. And the sin for us is to let that anger seethe within us, to hold on to it, to maybe not commit actual murder, though that does happen, but to not release it, to let it go, to, to become imprisoned to our anger, to be entombed by it. The best piece of advice I got soon after our son was killed, was another father who had lost his son in very similar circumstances, and he said these things to me. Don't let one death become two. Don't let one death become two. In other words, don't let yourself be entombed by your grief, your anger. Don't let yourself be a prisoner to your circumstances, and let it claim your life. 
For we all probably know people who have let their anger, their bitterness, their disappointments imprison them and entomb them in their lives. We all know people like that, I think. When I was in the Air Force, I had a boss uh, who, you know, looked like he, from the start of his career, had everything going for him. He was an Air Force Academy graduate. I mean, you know, some ROTC guys, we had to look up to those fellas. And, and, and he was a pilot, and he had flown in Vietnam. He had, you know, had a combat record, and he was doing pretty well in his career. And then he decided to uh, go to pilot training school, which means he was going to be an instructor pilot. And in instructor pilot training school, he washed out. And he blamed it on the person that was his main instructor. He said, that guy had a beef against me. And he, he was going to go file suit against this guy. He, because he washed out of a pilot or instructor pilot training program, he had to uh, get another career. So he became a public affairs officer and, and was running our office. But all he was thinking about was, how am I going to get back at the Air Force? For letting this happen to me. How am I going to get back at that guy that washed me out of that program? So he hired lawyers and he was doing all sorts of research and looking at regulations. And because he was so caught up in his past and the bitterness and the hurt and thinking about how he's going to get back at those folks, he didn't focus on his current job and he was fired. And in military parlance, that means he was sent to higher headquarters. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's what happened. To sit out the rest of his career as a bitter old major. You don't want to live a life like that. I know of a woman whose husband had an affair. She quickly divorced him, didn't even give him a chance. And then she went from one broken relationship to another, to another, to another. Because that anger was still within her. Because someone had done her wrong. And I know another dad whose son, at the age of five, choked on a balloon. And he was, remained angry at God for the rest of his days. We don't want to be like that, do we? We don't want to let that happen to us, do we? So what do we do? We are honest with God. We share with God these emotions, this, this anger, uh, even sharing the, the raw language that might be in our hearts about somebody or something, or even with God, and let God take them and redeem them. Because you heard what I what was said there in verse 18, right? It said, Lord, Redeem my soul. Redeem my soul. In the midst of my anger, in the midst of my disappointment, in the midst of my bitterness, redeem me, God. The, the Hebrew word there, in the midst of the chaos that he's enduring, which we you live in a chaotic age, right? Is redeem my soul. The word redeem is a word of relationship. Whereas one is redeemed from being a slave or a prisoner by a relative or a friend, bought out of that into freedom. And that's what God is saying to us in and through this. Let me redeem your soul in the midst of your anger, your bitterness, 
Let me redeem your soul. Because we need that. We live in an angry age where shootings are happening all the time. 333 mass shootings in our country this year. Where people are doing things that seem so foreign to us just a generation ago. Saying things that are hurtful to our ears. In our anger, we can't listen. So we need our anger redeemed. We need our anger redeemed. And as we express our true hearts to God, not to somebody else, but to God, God does something amazing. Over time, He changes it. It may take some time. So when we start a prayer to God, we may say, God... You, that blankety blank 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 and then as the prayer goes on it's just blankety blank 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 and blankety blank and blank and then you begin to pray for that person a heartfelt prayer i've learned about that i now have on my iphone which deleted a lot of y'all's contacts, by the way. So if, uh, if you text me or call me and I don't recognize who you are, please forgive me. I have now my iPhone, a list I call people it's hard to pray for. Don't get on that list. <laughs> I do that. I do that. Because I want to follow what Jesus said. Pray for your enemies. Why? So you learn to love them. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said these words. Pray for your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. And you've got to imagine that if Jesus is saying these things, that he had to learn to do them too. Think about it. You know, those religious leaders that angered him so much that he called whitewashed tombs, that he, he yelled out against because of their hypocrisy. You have to imagine that when Jesus stepped aside by himself, he had to pray for them. You imagine as he was going uh, to the cross, as he's facing his time, uh, as he was there suffering so and knowing what was going to happen, in his mind, he had to be able to begin to pray for those who were, were there wanting his harm and his demise, those religious leaders Ananias and Caiaphas, Pontius Pilate, the soldiers, and yes, Judas. Why? Because if Jesus is to redeem us from our own anger and our own bitterness, he had to, in his human self, overcome those things too. So that he can reach back and help us. And we see, we see that indeed this is so. Why? Because on the cross, saying the, experiencing the words of this psalm that I just read to you, verse 21, when I asked for something to drink, they gave me vinegar. When he said, I thirst, what did they give him? Vinegar. As he's experiencing that very thing portrayed and maybe prophesied in that psalm, he said what? Father, forgive them. No, not what they do. 
took Jesus praying, offering up that helpless rage that was probably there, thinking about what they were going to do to him and others. And God worked in his heart. And because he redeemed his own anger, he can redeem yours and mine. I know that for sure. Probably wondering what happened with me and that old bitty. That's a South Alabama term that we want to use when we want to clean up our language. Maybe one of Virginia too. I don't know, North Carolina, but that, that's, a, you know, that's a term of we, a bitty. Well, you know, I, I have to admit, I, for a while there, I was pretty angry at her, and I, you know, muttered about her under my breath, said a few things that, you know, how you do when you triangulate somebody. Well, you see what old so-and-so did, and, you know, uh, some things I wasn't too proud of. But over time, I learned that I needed to pray about that. So I did. I offered this up to God, and, and so uh, I started to do things for her to help me pray for her. I took her coffee. I complimented her on her good work because she was a good worker. I, I told other people about, you know, what difference she was making there in, in that place. And when it was time for her to move on and someone called me about a recommendation for her, I didn't say, well, let me tell you what she said about me. No, no I, I, I didn't do that. I gave her a good recommendation. And wrote her a card wishing her well when she departed. And here's what happened when she left. She hugged me and she said, I haven't always been fair to you. I'm sorry. Thank you for being patient with me. Only God could do that. Now you may wonder about my anger towards God. Well, I was like a little child when going to a mom or a dad when you're angry or frustrated and pounding your fist on the chest. You ever, you ever seen that image? You may have done that or had that from a child or grandchild. I was like that, crying and furious. And then I felt this warm embrace and I was surrounded by the grace of God and just letting me know that I was being held and that my anger was okay. God could take it. And also, as you'll hear next week, so come back, I had some help with that. We all need help, don't we? When dealing with tough stuff, we all need help. So, I encourage you this week to think about someone you might be angry at. It might have been a long time long time struggle that you're dealing with somebody or might be you know a situation out there you might be that driver I described at the beginning of the sermon or there might be some bumper stickers that you see that just oh you know try to pray through those offer your honest emotion God I you know that doesn't seem right to me but notice those things write them down and offer them to God and as you're honest to God only when you're honest with God. God will redeem your soul. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.